May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father, from God the Son, and from God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's a little card game that my family and I learned last summer up in Missouri at the Koinonia Family Ranch. It's, it's fun, it's simple, but it really helps to know the rules and how you win the game. So I'm showing it to you because I have an issue. I end up doing something unhelpful, and it works one of two ways. Sometimes I make or try to make complicated things really simple, but then I leave something out. I don't explain something very well, and, and something in the process is lost. Or I try to make simple things too complicated. I add details or definitions or descriptions that are probably unnecessary. So I wonder, what do I do today? What do I say today on this Trinity Sunday? My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will give to all of us attentive ears and expectant hearts, that we might ponder the Word of God and affirm the truth that God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that Jesus is both Lord and Christ. People God dearly loves. This is Trinity Sunday. It's the Sunday after Pentecost. The long scrolling banner and the flames are still up to remind us of that, to keep that link. It is now after the great 50 days of the Easter, the resurrection season. And I also wanted the angels which were hung for Easter to stay up because of that great Trinitarian hymn that is in Isaiah chapter 6. The holy, holy, holy God that we will sing two more times yet this morning. The Sunday of Holy Trinity is also the beginning, the beginning of what is sometimes called ordinary time, because it's the non-festival half of the church year. We won't and don't see one of our scrolling banners again until Advent commences at the end of November. Next week, we start counting our Sundays after Pentecost as we journey 24 weeks through the time of the church. That's some perspective on where we are at today, but I hope that I haven't either oversimplified or overcomplicated this liturgical calendar that we call the church year. But this is what I hope even more, that we will discover this today. First, the Trinity is truth to be confessed. Second, the Trinity is a mystery to be pondered. Third, the Trinity is about actions to be proclaimed. And fourth, the Trinity is about gifts to be received. The Trinity is truth to be confessed. This is what the church does when she speaks the creeds. We confessed the truth of the Holy Trinity and the Apostolic Creed two Sundays ago when Anna Joan received holy baptism. We received the truth of the whole, we confessed the truth of the Holy Trinity with the Nicene Creed and our divine services 
on Ascension Day. And coincidentally, today, June 12th, is the anniversary of the beginning of the Council of Nicaea, from which this creed takes its name. And we've confessed the truth of the Holy Trinity in that long and repetitive but not redundant Athanasian creed as it confesses the Catholic, the universal faith of the Church. These creeds, echoed by millions of Christians around the world, speak the truths which God's Word speaks. This is who God is. One God, not three gods. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And this also is who God is. The Father is one person, the Son is another distinct person, the Holy Spirit is a third person. And in this Trinity, this was verse 24 of the Creed, in this Trinity, none is before or after another, and none is greater or less than another. Just where does God's word say this? Which is a good question and an important question. Scripture asserts this in the beginning. In the first chapter of Genesis, we read, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So God the Father was present, and God the Holy Spirit was present, but where was God the Son? The first chapter of John's Gospel answers that question when the inspired evangelist writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 also helps us. For by him, that is, Jesus the Son, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. Yes, Jesus the Son was there at creation. Then we have two statements from God himself in Genesis 1 and Genesis 11. In Genesis 1, God speaks, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. In Genesis 11, we heard these words last Sunday in the Old Testament reading. Come, God said, let us go down and confuse their language. In both of these statements, God speaks plurally, not as three separate gods having a conversation, but as one united, undivided, triune God. As our crossing youth and those of you who have been part of a good news group have heard me teach, I prefer to say that God is three and one, not simply three in one. Today, we affirm that the Trinity is truth to be confessed. But we also affirm that 
affirm that the Trinity is a mystery to be pondered. Math students and accountants and actuaries and engineers want to solve problems. They want to find the answers. I've been reading Sherlock Holmes since I think probably the fifth grade because I always want to try to figure it out before the great detective says, elementary, my dear Watson. But the truth that God is triune is not a problem to be solved. It is a mystery to be pondered. And even more than pondered, the Trinity is a mystery to be worshipped. This happens in the beginning of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The missionary apostle pastor writes in verse 3 of the first chapter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every blessing through the Spirit. Blessed and praised be the Father. Blessed and praised be the Son. Blessed and praised be the Holy Spirit. That's what we've done in this divine service with four doxologies already and one more yet to come. And with the setting of the Te Deum Laudamus, we praise you, O God. We acknowledge you to be the Lord, and which we'll do with two more hymns during the Lord's Supper. What do God's people do when they ponder the mystery of the Holy Trinity? They burst into song praising God for who he is. But the Christian church does more than praise God for his identity. Believers believers praise God for what he has done and for what he is still doing. To ponder the Trinity is to see that there are actions to be proclaimed. Today's reading from Acts 2 does this. Peter's sermon to the Passover crowd in Jerusalem includes this affirmation in verses 32 and 33. This Jesus, that's God the Father, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted to the right hand of God, that's God the Father again, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is why Peter proclaims, Jesus the Son is both Lord and Christ. This means he is the eternal God and the promised Savior. For God has one task, to rescue and redeem the fallen and dying creation. And what are the actions of salvation? The Father loves the Spirit, the Son lives, and the Spirit gives new life. I'll say it this way. The Father sends, the Son sacrifices, the Spirit sanctifies, which means he makes us holy, placing in our hearts faith in the perfect and completed work of Jesus Christ. Because finally, these are gifts to be received. To ponder the Holy Trinity is to receive the gifts of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Father's welcome, the Son's forgiveness, 
the Spirit's consolation. These are the gifts received from the cross of suffering, from the open tomb of victory, because as we heard in Acts 2, the Holy One did not see corruption. These are the gifts received when simple water is poured with the speaking of the powerful triune name, and we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ. These are the gifts received when a pastor stands and speaks absolution. And these are the gifts received when our Lord Jesus gives us his body and blood in with and under bread and wine, given and shed for the forgiveness of sins. I want to end this sermon about the truth to be pondered, the truth to be confessed, the mystery to be pondered, the actions to be proclaimed, and the gifts to be received by speaking God's triune name, by speaking God's triune name together with you, I ask you to join me in saying, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.